0: Hello, and welcome to the Casual Author Podcast. I'm Dan, host and independent author of sci-fi and fantasy books, father of five, full-time worker, homesteader, and a man of many other responsibilities. I'm here to talk to you about what it's like to be an author, how we can prioritize and be productive, and how we can be encouraged to know that despite our busyness, we can still make the best of our Authoring. To learn more about me, my books, or access the podcast show notes, head to dankenner.com slash podcast. Let's get started. Hello, it's Dan again with the Casual Author Podcast. Today is Monday, January 16th, 2023, as I record this. And this is episode 60 of the podcast. Today we're talking to Z Jeffries about selling books at in-person events. So if this is something that you're interested in or something that you, um, you have tried and maybe have had varying levels of success, you're gonna to wanna to stick around and listen to that conversation. I think you'll find it really insightful. I know that I did. Selling at in-person events is something that I have not done as of yet. And you hear me talk about that periodically during the interview. Um, It's one of those things that, you know, it looks really fun from the outside, but as an introverted person, the thought of even trying to put something like this together just paralyzes me. So yeah, I'll get there eventually. I think I, I learned a lot from From Zach Jeffries. And, um, yeah, I think you'll really enjoy it as well. So, before we get into that, always we, we start with the updates. In terms of updates for the homestead, we'll begin with those. Relatively, uh, nothing new other than we separated the buck and the weather from the rest of the does, which is great. So I've talked about it before, but when bucks stink, um, it's bad. It it gets on everything and it lasts a very, very long time. So I don't know if I've ever gone into the details of why they do this. So maybe now is a good time to do that. So, Buck's instinct is to cover themselves with hormones or pheromones or whatever it is to try to attract the dose. Now, unfortunately, they pee on themselves. So, they, they pee. <laughs> he pees in his mouth, on his face, and his horns, and his beard. It's it's all over the place. Now, it's, it's kind of sad because in the middle of winter, it hasn't been that cold recently, so that's good, but in the middle of winter when he does this, it freezes in his fur um, and there's not much to do about it, right? Like I'm not gonna bathe a goat because he's just gonna do it two seconds later. Um, plus, you know, bucks tend to be a tiny bit aggressive, so that just wouldn't go over well. In any case, yeah, he just has he just frozen icicles of his, you know, liquids down his face and his beard, and it's just, you know, it's pretty nasty. But that's, you know, nature. It'll go away. But it's because he was with the does and he was looking to breed. Now that he's separated and his rut season, you know, when he's really active, so to speak, is go phasing out, he won't smell as bad. So usually in the spring, summer, it's not too bad, which I appreciate because I think that smell wafting in the hot air would probably be the worst thing in the world. Regardless, we separated him. So now the smell is kind of slowly disappearing from the doze in their fur and take probably a few weeks before it's completely gone. But I don't have to deal with him as much e- either. Um he's he's relatively friendly, which is good if he didn't smell so bad. I don't want him rubbing up against me. Now that he's separated, he's he's a little less friendly because he's not around the other really chill doze. He's not mean. You know, he's not going to butt me or anything. He'll, you know, just kind of back away from me. Um we don't really challenge each other or anything, although I'm tempted sometimes. It <laughs> never goes over well. Uh if I pretend to rear up or something, then he gets pretty on edge. I don't do anything, but Bucks get really um aggressive. In any case, they're separated. Now moving him over to his other pen, it was challenging. He ran away from me, which is so ironic because he never runs from me. I s he just he must have known what was going on because I had his leash and he he saw it and bolted and i had to trap him using pallets and creating walls and it was a whole ordeal in the in the deep snow you know like a foot of snow in their pen anyway I, i got him and i didn't have to drag him fortunately once he got out i had to drag him out of the pen and then he came relatively willingly but um the weather i had to do the same thing he poor guy is not thrilled to be alone with the buck again but everything will settle i think um everyone is kind of more calm now that they're not together the the buck is aggressive with the does as well so now they are more chill and relaxed now that he's gone so that's it that's exciting um and we are also in in terms of homestead we're also trying to figure out um how to increase the production of our, our chickens so the flock that we grew last year By February, we were getting, I don't know, probably about a dozen or maybe a dozen and a half eggs per week. So not a huge production because it's winter. The days are short. We're really only getting about seven eggs a week, if even that, maybe nine. Um, And so we're just trying to figure out what is wrong. Our chickens don't appear sick. They're not losing any feathers. They're, They're getting plenty of food as far as we can tell. Um, They seem happy. They eat all of our scraps. They have water and everything. Their sleeping arrangements are great. But For some reason, they are just not laying. So we got a new breed this year, and we're wondering if maybe it's just a slower breed, you know, slower to, to lay. But we need to figure that out. Right now, they're just kind of freeloaders. <laughs> they're a little bit of a money pit for us right now. And you know, they're not—they're kind of pets, but they're mainly mainly production animals. We we need—we want the eggs from them, so hopefully, we can figure out what's going on with the production and increase that here soon. Um, I believe that's it for the homestead news. So in in terms of author news, uh, it's the beginning of the year, so I thought through my goals and kind of what I want to accomplish as an author. Fortunately, sales, they're not high. They're still relatively low, but they appear to be rolling forward a tad bit more organically. I've noticed some success with my Amazon ads. I upped the bids for a lot of my targets and i'm actually seeing some results i think it is kind of a shadow of what would happen if i increase the bids even more but i'm not quite ready for that yet until i get a little bit of money back in the bank from the book sales regardless the steady sales has been nice you know it used to be by the middle of the month i'd only see maybe one or two but you know they're getting up there which is encouraging and um it helps to have a series, so now that I have a complete series, I think more people are willing to buy the first book of that series because they know that they don't have to stop with, you know, the very common cliffhangers at the end of each book. So just playing around with those those ads, seeing um if that's going to go anywhere or not, the book is going well. The, bo- the book that I'm writing, I still see no clear end inside. I am getting close. I don't, it's hard to estimate the number of words, I think, to wrap it up. We're at about 120,000 words now. Um, it is going to end up a little bit longer than I expected. I should never, it shouldn't surprise me. I mean, I'm always this way. But I do have a clear, a, a relatively more clear. Ending is not perfectly clear, so, um. I think I know how I want this book to end, at least and how to begin the second book, which is good. It'll be an interesting experiment to actually write out all the drafts before I move forward. Other than that, the email list, I'm, I'm successfully sending out an email to my list about every two weeks. I am seeing some unsubscribes, unsurprising, you know, a lot of the people that subscribed to my list were doing so only to enter a give you, giveaway and or get the free ebook, which is fine, no worries, you know, if you're not actually interested in my stuff, no worries he's free to unsubscribe. But it is interesting, you know, you ramp up the number of emails you send even briefly, like I'm not even sending that many emails, I ramp it up just slightly. And it's amazing how how many people unsubscribe. So it's funny, it is what it is doesn't bother me. I'm not disappointed at all. Just kind of like weeding out the people who actually are not interested in my authoring, and my life. So that's that. I believe that is everything for the update. So we will go ahead and shift over to the interview portion of the podcast. Zachary Jeffries is the author of multiple middle grade sci-fi books, as well as YA fantasy books. Hey, Zachary, how are you?
1: I'm good. How are you doing?
0: Doing very well. Excited to talk to you today. Um, Really interested to learn about your story, hear about your books. Um, It's always interesting to talk to new authors to learn about what they're doing, why they're doing it, and their passions and whatnot. Before we get into that, how long have you been writing and publishing?
1: Well, I'm one of the guys that have been writing. I've been writing my whole life. Uh, I wrote stories as a kid and all kinds of stuff. I've always done storytelling in some way, shape, or form. But I always thought in my head that uh, novelists were uh, old men in their mid fifties, and I figured if I kept up writing in one in in one medium or another, that eventually I could write novels once I got up to that age. And then I found out that that wasn't true at all, and I could have been writing novels the whole time. So. I've done a lot of theater and writing all that kind of stuff. I really buckled down in 2016, uh, thanks to like NaNoWriMo and really started working on putting together novels. And then I uh, started self-publishing in 2020, uh, self-publishing books. But I've been doing some short stories for a couple of years before that.
0: Awesome. Do you have any like drafts from when you were younger? Just like bits and pieces of stories that are archived in these small notebooks?
1: I really wish that I, I do have some handwritten notes in notes okay. and like some some outlines and stuff. I really do wish that I had like held on to an old hard drive because I had some I, just terrible ideas. But I'm sure it would be so much fun to go back and, and, and look at stuff like that. I can remember like the general ideas uh, of stuff that I had written for for school or just just for fun. And I, I really wish I had had some of those. I'm sure they'd be just uh, loads of fun to read now.
0: I'm sure you could, now that you're an established author, you could take that and turn it into some <laughs> extravagant story or series. Now right? that you have that skill, then you might find some hidden gems in your child mind that you want to draw out. And maybe you're worth looking into. I don't have anything like that. So no fun stories for me. <laughs> I, well, I read most... a lot as a kid, but I never wrote as a kid.
1: Oh, I got you. Bookworm and found, found
0: a lot for writing later. Well, I, I always uh... wanted to write, but I never actually did until I was older.
1: Oh, nice. I, when when I was younger, I came up with a lot of stories that I didn't write that eventually became the stories that I released, like my first series, The Hyde and Chronicles. That was thought of like mowing lawns in the 90s. Oh, okay. So that, that just sat in the back of my head for when I was going to be a novelist. And 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 I did finally get to it. and I really enjoyed it by the time I, I, I sat down to re- write it all out.
0: Well, I think that's amazing. And so if we all have that, that moment in our lives where we capture that love of writing and then you just can't stop, right? I feel like most people catch the bug and it just becomes a part of our lives. Not writing feels weird. (laughs) Mm -hmm, I mean, we have days where we can't. Stuff goes on. Life happens, right? That's fine. Babies are born. Um, But Mm -hmm. it still feels like, oh, like there's something missing from today. Oh, that's right. I didn't write. It just feels strange. So it's great. Um, How many books have you published at this point?
1: Uh,
0: I have six out. I have six
1: and a novella out, and then uh, my seventh is coming out for Valentine's
0: Day. So yeah, nice. Okay, excellent. Is this part of a series? That seventh book?
1: Uh, no, the seventh book uh, might might be the start of a new series. Might be a book of okay. one in a new series. Uh, it's a it's a new universe. But I just launched the. Uh, my YA fantasy uh, uh, pen name Zachary Jeffries. Uh, this last year in October, I think it was, and uh, so this is my my second book, my second attempt uh, uh, in that in that field.
0: You have a preference of do you do you like to switch back and forth with your writing? Do you, do you like to work on projects concurrently with the you because you write kind of like juvenile type science fiction type stuff, right? As mm-hmm. well as YA fantasy, is that correct? Mm-hmm. That's correct. So you, you uh, can run them at the same time.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm. I only. I would only draft one at a time. I can't hold that much yeah. stuff in my head. Like you, uh, I'm a a, a pantser, so I'm Ooh. I'm going on the adventure as it happens as well. And I I don't think I could pull off two at the same time. But I always have them going at different stages. Like oftentimes, uh, to get away from a book in between revisions, I will work on drafting uh, something from the other pen name and, and go into that world for a bit. So I, yeah, I like to juggle and, and, and keep it all fresh for myself.
0: I, mean, I think everyone has their own preferences. I'm always impressed with people who can write like five or six books at the same time. I cannot, <laughs> I, am, yeah. I mean, I probably could. I think there was one time where I kind of had Sunfire was actually born in the middle of writing the second book of the library of Chronicles. And I, you know, I write I mm-hmm. wrote the first couple chapters and was like, I might want to continue this, but I don't feel like I can. Ah, uh, because my mind is currently in fantasy land. It's in the Library Chronicles, which is also third person, and Sunfire is written in first person, which is like whew, way different, right? Um, but uh, part of the reason we're here is because you talked about how much you enjoy selling at in-person events, which is admittedly something I've never done before. So I'd love to pick your brain, learn from you, you know, what that looks like, why you like it so much, and there's so much that we can learn from selling at in-person events. So first off, why do you like? selling books at in person events so much.
1: Well, I mean, uh, you know, I'm a I'm a fan as much as I am a writer, so I have
0: I'm in different
1: fandoms and, and I I read popular books and things like that, so I love talking to people about that in person mm-hmm. and 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 what makes them tick and what makes them love certain things. Uh, as well as I mean I I feel like connecting to readers uh gives me a good sense of expectation and who I'm writing for. It kind of puts Uh, A very specific face and a name to uh, if I have an idea of of something that someone would like and I I can I can write to what what that person has specifically uh, told me. So, yeah, it's it's specifying who I'm writing for, as well as, you know, the camaraderie of uh, meeting people that that read consume the same media as I do.
0: Okay. Yeah, and then that, that totally makes sense, right? It's like getting a bunch of like-minded people in a room together is just going to be fun. Although for mm-hmm. me, it sounds <laughs> terrifying. Um, I am an, <laughs> an introvert. So trying to put me in a room full of people. I'm going to shut down until, you know, I had to get to a certain point of comfort before I realized like, okay, no, like I'm chill. I'm safe. You know, things aren't going to go crazy and then I'm going to have a good time. Uh, but <laughs> for, for, are, are you an introverted person generally, or do you find yourself more extroverted at these events?
1: Um, I'm extroverted. One of these events, if I have prep time, if I can pump myself up, I can definitely be an extrovert, but I'm one of those people that like my battery, I have a very specific extrovert battery that, I mean, I come home at the end of the day of one of these things. And my, my family knows, like, I I don't have any facial expressions. I don't have anything in the well. I am just zombified, uh, Mm. after just talking to people all day, but I can pump myself up and, and you know, drink my Gatorade and make sure I have my snacks and and I'm I talk to every single human being that walks by my table.
0: That that's awesome. I mean, I I imagine that's a good way to find readers, but also just gain the skills of of talking to people about books, about fantasy worlds, just kind of connecting in that way. So are there just lots of events near Chicago where you live, or do you have to f- travel far to get to different events to sell your books?
1: Uh, my travel, the rule that I have for myself is I'm not driving more than two hours. Okay. Um, but just because of where I am, that also gets me to Michigan. That also gets me to Indiana and stuff like that. I basically just search a bunch of words, book, library, literary, sci-fi, fantasy, sci-fi, fantasy, and then those words mixed with Fair, con, convention, fest, walk, those kind of things in just different combinations. And uh yeah, just find a bunch. I really like the smaller ones. I don't do as well with the real I did WorldCon last year, which is yeah. the world sci-fi fantasy, and it just yeah. happened to be in Chicago. And I was a I was a guppy in the ocean. I was a I was a little out of my depth then, so I do much better. The small ones, a ton of libraries do their own kind of little Comic-Con things to keep everyone engaged. I do super well at those because parents and grandparents have in their heads that they don't want to spend money on toys or comics and books or something that are a little more enriching, and uh, uh, I'm more than happy to provide that for folks.
0: Well, I mean, I think that's amazing. And for some reason, I think it's it's also amazing that you Google. I mean, I'm assuming you're Googling these things. You're just the yeah, Google, and,
1: Google and Facebook. And then both of those are going to let you click on events, like specifically what you were looking for. If you click on events and I'll uh, I'll search those terms with a month in mind, uh, mm-hmm. usually one, uh, usually two to four months. Uh, in advance and yeah just search through those and you know there's a lot of chaff you have to go through but you find some really good ones there and like I find all fun little like arts and crafts and I'll see what the price is and a a lot of these especially in in not in Chicago but the ones that are in the smaller towns in the suburbs and things like that um, they love having uh, a local small-time author and uh, it's not going to break the bank it's going to be 20 to 40 bucks to get a table for a day or a weekend and uh it's pretty pretty easy to make that money back it it's it's been a really good business model for me so far
0: i think that's amazing how frequently are you looking for these events is something you do on the daily or just you have like a set time each week to look for events of the next month
1: no i mean i'm only i don't want to burn myself out uh and you know i have. I have work and I, I I have like a a side gig that's like nights and weekends. uh, So I can't take too much time uh, Mm. off of that. Uh, But I'll make sure that I have like two or three events a month. Um, Usually one of those is going to be a full weekend and not Mm. just a single day. Um, And yeah, uh, the slow months, January, there's almost nothing. You know, I, I guess maybe this far up north, um, a lot of these are outdoor, so that doesn't mm. happen. Um, and then in the dead of summer, there aren't too many. June, July is pretty, uh, pretty skinny as well. Mm. But outside of that, I'm trying to do two or three, two or three per month.
0: I mean that is impressive. I have done exactly zero <laughs> so far <laughs> since I've published, and I think you know, there's a number of reasons for that. And I'd, I'd like to get into you know your mindset, your thought processes, you prep for these, and kind of the goals, the outcomes. Obviously, selling books is always going to be an outcome, but there mm-hmm. you know, generally there's more that you can gain um, sure. from it. I'd love to kind of pick your brain on what those things are that you gain from it. Two, for some reason, this setup just completely overwhelms me. Like, I know yeah. having books, have books, great have mm-hmm. books, but there's those people that set up these beautiful tables. They've got all these decorations. They've got these, like, props mm-hmm. and stuff. I, you know, look at my office. I'm like, I've got, like, a stuffed Donkey Kong doll. That's the only thing. That has <laughs> nothing to do with any of my books. I just, I'm colorblind, for one. So, anything, like, aesthetically pleasing just goes right over my head because I I can't really appreciate Aesthetically pleasing setups. So how do you... <laughs> do you have an aesthetically pleasing setup for one? And two, how did you acquire those things? How do you plan that so that you look like a table that people want to come visit?
1: Well, I, 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 I like to think that I have an aesthetically pleasing setup. <laughs> I uh, I started very small and then I just constantly reinvested whatever I made from this one okay. into the next one, into the next one, and the next one. Starting off, it costs... Twenty twenty-five dollars to get a foam stand-up uh, version of your uh, uh, cover. And okay, sure. You want to go? You do want to go vertical. You can't just lay everything flat on your table. You want something vertical that can catch the eye and bring people over. Sure. Uh, so, so get your best looking cover. I I don't cosplay, but I do have. A uniform that I dress up as to make me okay. stand out. I I have uh, coveralls with some uh, pa- uh, uh, Chicago flag patch on it, just to just to make me not look like just another person wandering in the crowd. I,
0: okay,
1: actually I I look like I'm there to do something, uh, but I'm also not very specifically dressed up like Kylo Ren or this specific wizard or or something like that. I'm 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 dressed up, but I'm not not there just to cosplay. Um, you know, you got to print out, you know, you got to spend the money to invest in printing out your books. Mm-hmm. Honestly, if if you're doing the first one, I wouldn't do more than uh, five copies of each of your book. And then you just, just want something that you don't mind giving away for free, whether it's a bookmark or a business card. Uh, I, I went for a two for one where I I created a I modeled a a bookmark designed a bookmark or a business card to become a bookmark where you can tear it off and tie some ribbon and then it becomes a bookmark and so I I handed those out uh uh pretty freely and then once I've been reinvesting and reinvesting in myself and now I have more bookmarks and I have uh enamel pins and and all uh-huh. kinds of stuff and and by now I have for each of my series I have a stand up uh and again you know 25 bucks at you know uh, uh, your local pharmacy will print off anyone that does printing and then the next investment that i'll get uh is the the floor to ceiling like raised i don't, I don't know how to call it some some okay. vertical signage kind of deal okay
0: of your book, uh, but, or like a cutout of your characters, or like I mean, what is what does it look like? It
1: would be branding.
0: It, okay, like, sure. I
1: have I have a couple of uh, I have my brand, like saying, uh, uh, Z Jeffries writes uh, sci fi adventures at the speed of light, and then my um, uh, Zachary Jeffries is uh, snarky af no, no, uh, whimsical af snarky as well, uh, for for my YA fantasy, and I, w- I would have those up there and. Probably the the color palette of my uh, covers, but not specifically the covers.
0: I think it's great to talk about this. This is one of those things that for someone like me is like I don't even know. I wouldn't think to. I've never been to any of these cons for one, but two, I, to to bring something myself. I have copies of my book, fortunately, because I do sell mm-hmm. direct. So I sell signed copies from my site. I have those on mm-hmm. hand. That's not an issue. There's all of this other stuff. It's just like, I don't even know. I'm sure Googling would provide plenty of resources yeah. for you to print and create these materials. Uh, I think for me, it's just like I have, I've got the covers and that's that's pretty much what I've got. But do you have anything like other than the branding, the art from your your covers that you like to bring? I don't know if you have other props that you like to set up on the table to make it more interesting to draw people's eyes.
1: Well, I always do, there's always something to do at my table. It's not, I'm not there just to sell. That's a hmm. big thing, is it's more important to connect with people than to mm-hmm. sell. Sure. Uh, just, just, especially if someone, anyone's in cosplay, I ask who they're dressed up as, what they are. If someone stops by, my first question I like to do is, uh, what do you like to read? Versus, this is this book, this is what it's yeah. about. Just just connect people, talk to people. Um
0: I'm sorry. What was the question again? Sorry. Oh, just the, the, the fancy props you, you, you're going oh. into doing stuff, stuff to yeah. do at your table.
1: So for my middle grade stuff, I have an aspect, uh, in the next book that I don't fill in for myself that I ask kids to vote on.
0: Oh, okay.
1: So, uh, I wrote, uh, I wrote a book pro wrestling saves earth and that takes place in the Southside Chicago suburbs. And I was going to all these cons in the Southside Chicago suburbs, and I asked kids to vote on uh favorite pizza place for, for the main character and a favorite uh, ice cream shop for the main character. Cool. Uh, and kids love voting that and they put it in there. Now that I'm doing more uh, all over the area, I'm asking kids to vote for favorite uh, Illinois sports team, professional sports team uh, out of Chicago, out of Illinois. And then... For my business cards, or for uh, uh, bookmarks for my next book, uh, Angel of Fate, I had them set up so they look like tarot cards. Okay. But they are I'm not going to pay to print tarot cards. They're all the exact same card. They're all the death card <laughs> because it's about a grim reaper okay uh, and so i'm like hey come in, and read your bookish tarot if you dare and they'll come by and they'll pick a death card and they'll be like oh no death card then i get to talk to them about that and that gets a conversation going death card is not bad in tarot it's just transition and change and and you know doorways and stuff like that so so anything that gets us talking gets them over uh at my table keeps people active and also it's something that the organizers appreciate that I'm not just hawking wares, that it's a tiny little something to do. Stop Mm -hmm. by, kids feel involved. Uh, Especially, I'm not writing anything for someone younger than, say, fifth grade. But there are tons of little, little kids running around, and they want something to do. And so they come over with their parents, and their parents say, you know, all right, kiddo, what, what, what should we vote on this? What's the best ice cream in town? What's the best sports team?
0: I think that's really fun. That's something that <clears throat> a lot of people probably don't think about when they're going, they, they want to go sell books, right? They want to connect with readers, but what a fun way to involve people. I hadn't even thought about that. And probably it's really fun to hear their answers as well. Um, because oh, yeah. kids love that kind of stuff. I mean, I, I know I probably would have loved it as a kid, although I probably been too scared to actually go to a table where the person wanted to talk to me, <laughs> but, but I mean, that's, it's amazing. And a fun way to involve your readers. And even if someone comes to your table and they don't like to read, you know, that genre or you know whatever it is you're selling. They may know someone that does, and so you can still connect through them, or perhaps they'll you'll spark an interest in them to to well, read I, what you've got.
1: I have to tell you, this was the best moment was this last year. Uh, Really small. I'm in, in like a it's a it's a con in a in a gym. Actually, no, it was a converted church that that the town runs, and they were doing a little comic con. And I recognized a guy, and I'm like, I've seen him at another con, um, and I couldn't think of what it was. I, you know, you, you talk to so many people, and I couldn't couldn't place him, and he would not look over. And at the middle of the the, the middle of the, the area, it was it was set up in a gym. In the middle of the gym, there were gaming tables. And he sat there all afternoon gaming, the whole con. And I'm like, I get eye contact. I'm going to talk to this guy. Maybe he looked at my books. And this time, I could close the deal. You know, like, I'm going to... And I was... Maybe profiling him a bit. He had a nerdy shirt. <laughs> and like, I just knew that I could, that this guy would be interested in my stuff. He doesn't look over the whole day. And then the end of the day, they tell people, you know, we're closing up and everything like that. And I'm chatting with someone at the, at the next table over, the other vendor. And every single person that he was gaming with got up and got and just started a line at my table. And they're like, hey, can we get some books? And I'm like, oh, hey. And he's like, yeah. So I got. You know, book one and hide and seek. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and get Pro Wrestling Saves Earth. And the next guy, I'm gonna get Pro Wrestling Saves Earth, next guy. And they're like, we're gonna read it for a book club. And I'm like, that's amazing. While they were waiting in line, some of the other ones were taking pictures of my YA stuff, texting it to people, and they're like, you know what? I'm gonna pick this up for my wife. I'm gonna pick this up for my other buddy who reads this kind of stuff. And it just turned into this huge thing. And and I think, doubled my sales for the day, just from from this guy that I sparked up a conversation with before. So it's really amazing. And it's, it's so much fun. And it really gives a sense of community to your readership, Mm. that I just really don't know if I would run into otherwise
0: and that's that's the thing being an author can feel very isolating you know a lot of authors oh, yeah. have mentioned that it's, it's ironic how isolating it can feel because there's so many authors going through the same thing right you may have a big reader base but you aren't able to connect with those readers you kind of feel alone and what a great way to meet in person you know digitally can only help so far But when you're meeting in person with people you can talk how you know find similar interests learn about them and they make it helps them realize hey this author is actually a person right i can relate mm-hmm. with them therefore i bet their stories are great right can also probably change the way they view your books now it's not to say that you know all good books are either good or bad right there's going to be varying levels of interest in your books and in what you write but i find myself if i know the author then and i read a book that i generally don't read you know a genre i don't generally read i find myself enjoying it more than i probably would have if i didn't know that author right yeah yeah and so personal connection yeah that connection can make a huge difference when when you're working with your readers so um That kind of brings me to, for you, I mean, you've been to a number of these events. You try to continue doing these events. For you, what do you hope to accomplish other than, of course, sales and connect with readers? Well, what are kind of your success outcomes? How do you know that it's been a successful event for you when you're able to attend these?
1: Uh, Honestly, the connections, connections that you remember, people that you get to kind of walk through all of your books or the types of books that you write. Uh, In a way, I really appreciate when I talk to kids that are too young for my books but they want to hear about all of them okay? because yeah. a lot of, you know, a lot about being a kid is constantly being told what you're too young for. And, and you kind of put yeah. these guideposts ahead and, and it's like, man, one day I'm going to be able to do this. And it makes it so much more interesting because in a way it's, you know, forbidden and, and it's, it's not this thing, but like, uh, I, I told you before, I don't, I don't write anything overtly, um, uh, violent or steamy, uh, some of the language gets a little uh, adult in in the YA stuff, but uh, I can talk to kids about everything that I write. And pitching a kid is the best thing in the world because you made it up, and and their eyes get as big as saucers, and it's the coolest stuff that they ever heard of. Um, and so, all a lot of times, I'll walk away being super pumped about a kid who tells me one day. I'm gonna I'm gonna read your books. That's that's on my list. Uh, those are big connections are big. Uh, I like pretty much every event. Either I'm planning another event by talking to someone that's working at another one or knows about another event that I haven't heard of. That's like oh you got to be a part of this or, or networking in that way. Um, and then one day I would like to branch out a little more. I've done a I've done some some library speaking gigs, but I would like to, uh, get some school speaking gigs. It's okay. kind of tough because, uh, middle grade is obviously a, a, a smaller sliver of, of kids and, and grades than, than elementary school or high school. And high school is terrifying. You know, my first go around, I don't really want to stand in front of a thousand high schoolers and yeah. and, and feel that again. Uh, I would. I would. I totally agree with you. uh, Yeah. No, no, thank you. That's the the nightmares are still with me. That's enough. Uh, I would eventually love to get some gigs uh, in middle school. Almost every single time I do one of these, there's someone who's a teacher that talks to me and I get a, Mm. I get a, a business card or things like that. So I need to step up my game on that and maybe, maybe be a little more assertive and maybe you know, rather than giving out a business card and and or really, you know, getting someone's email and getting some contact information and planning on on talking to them about that. that's that's this year. That's one of my big goals is is using this to get myself uh, a speaking gig in a
0: school that's that's really fun. i I have a friend down in say St. George who does speaking events at libraries and schools, and he he loves it. He thinks it's really fun. Um my books ironically are targeted more toward well one of the books is written towards middle grade and then mm-hmm. the the series is more towards like high school college age so if I was doing in person it would be at schools and I'm not I'm not ready <laughs> it's I think school
1: it, yeah, the, yeah oh and that that would just that is a literal nightmare I literally have nightmares about that still but I I was just saying or I was just thinking uh you have about as many books as I had when I started. When I started doing this, it because I started publishing during COVID, mm-hmm. uh, so these events weren't happening. Uh, so by the time these events did start happening, I had a backlist. I had I brought several books to there, mm-hmm. and you know, a tough day of sales. You feeling a little down? All of a sudden, you sell one person a four book series. That really that turns the whole day around. Uh, so having, having those put you in a really good, put you in a really good spot. You have, you have a, a solid backlist. You have enough. It's, it's not like all five of your books are in one series. So it's all you can sell Pretty is book one, <laughs> but,
0: it's, but, but, but yeah, you can sell, you you can sell
1: yep. stuff besides just the one book one. So, mm. uh, if, if everyone listening out there, if you have one book or if you have only 3 books in one series. Make sure you're not spending too much on your tables because that's going to be tough to get that money back uh off of just one book because chances are you're only selling book 1 uh most of the time. But uh yeah, if you get you get yourself a little backlist, you're 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 in a solid place, you're in a good spot. And I think I think I think you might be
0: well, the backlist is always something as an independent publisher. Backlist, backlist, backlist. It's what they, mm-hmm. all the successful ones recommend. And it makes sense. I mean, logically, if you're doing anything, whether digitally or in person, the more you have, the more likely you're going to be able to hit people that are interested in more than one of your things, right? Yep. Why why buy only one thing when they could buy three or four, right? Because they, they know they're interested in, in what you've written. So all of this is excellent advice. And you know, some kind of negative, not negative advice, what I'm looking for. Um, advice for negative situations, right? Because they happen. What What do you recommend you do if you do go to one of these events and nobody stops at your table? Because I've heard it's, of people, you know, they're like, I go yeah. to book signings or, you know, I go to the I'm really excited about this event and no one comes, right? It happens, right? Yeah. It, you know, hopefully it doesn't happen often. What do you recommend to authors who maybe find themselves in that situation?
1: Well, I think having a very definitive sales goal might not be the best plan of action. Sure, I okay, think, yeah. Connecting with people, I think talking to as many people as possible is a more positive goal to have for yourself, something that you can control so you're not dependent upon uh, the outcome of sales and, and, and what other people are doing. So I've had a a three-day con. And the first day was just not great. And it was really mm-hmm. earlier on for myself. And I really just changed, changed the mindset. And I said, all right, the goal isn't sales. I just want to talk to 100 people today. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to talk to 100 people. And I, I did that by noon. So uh, it turned it around. It had a better day. I think because I was less thirsty for those sales I think I probably was connecting with people better and my sales the second day were better mm-hmm. uh I think asking people what they write asking people in costume what the costume is or if you recognize the costume talking about that that's excellent be be in the fandom chances are if you're a writer you're a reader uh these, in in theory, are, are your people in some way, shape, or form. So be among your people. Enjoy it. It's a con for you, too.
0: Mm-hmm. I had
1: a great conversation with a guy for th- like 30 minutes because I told him that he had a really nice cape, but it was a cloak. And he explained mm-hmm. to me why it was a why cloak, a not cloak. a cape. And it was uh, from in-universe, from the Wheel of Time. And he walked me through every single detail that, that was that was handcrafted into this and it was great. And I am aware of wheel of time. I read the first book. I have not completed this series, but I knew enough just to talk with him about it. And like, I just kept saying like, this is super cool that you did this man. And at the end of it, he's like, I'll try a book. Sure. But uh, I think, yeah, if the goal is connection more than sales, I think that's, I think that's the right mind frame to avoid a, a, a negative experience.
0: Yeah, I think that's an excellent piece of advice. And it's probably something that um, a lot of people may forget, right? Obviously, you want to sell. I mean, that's what we're here for. Um, But I think most readers, at least I can speak for myself, right? Mm -hmm. Particularly for those of us that are doing this as a hobby and or, you know, it's still kind of ramping up. It's nowhere near business, side mm-hmm. yet we're not trying to make money quite yet we're just trying to find a reader base we're trying to find mm-hmm. people to connect with people to enjoy our stories like honestly if, if i only sell one book but the person absolutely loves the story that to me is like yes check that's check. that's what i want versus 100 people that buy it and don't read it it's like okay mm-hmm. why well, i want that's what i want people to enjoy the story i want to find the people that like what i'm writing can connect with me i can connect with them and possibly even find out books for myself i like to read so maybe I can learn from these other people books that I can read. So the, yeah, that connection is a big piece. And a lot of authors talk about that connection, trying to use social media as a mode for that. Um, but in person is probably way more effective for yeah, making and, those connections.
1: And especially like I'm I'm writing stuff for for younger people and 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 we might not honestly, we're probably not speaking the exact same language on social media. Like I'm not, I'm not <laughs> gonna know the lingo and, and the abbreviation and the, the shorthand. Uh, and if I try, I'm probably going to embarrass myself. Uh, and yeah, I, I'm not fair. interested in doing that. But, you know, there's there's a table. Uh, I see this guy all the time. He sells custom dice and his son has read all of my books. And he oh, cool. every single time I see him, I'm like, all right, his kid's going to be here. I'm going to talk to his kid about whatever my newest book is or ask him what he liked about it. And to be be honest. Getting uh, getting feedback from kids in social situations is often difficult as an adult. Uh, so I'm not I'm not going to get a ton of feedback from him. But I mean, he he buys the next book each time, and that's that tells me he, he likes it enough enough for that.
0: I mean, I th- and that's great. Once again, it comes down to the uh, thinking outside of the box when it comes to making these connections. If if it's any person anywhere within these situations. Try to connect with them. I mean, it's one of, try not to avoid eye contact. <laughs> I think is yeah. is one of the big pieces of advice. Be open to saying hi to people, smiling at people. You know, I think there's. I've just caught wind of people who go to these events and kind of keep their head down, reading a book or something, and then they're disappointed when people don't come to their table. It's like, okay, well, you weren't really inviting. Yeah, sorry. I mean, I I know when they see you and think you're busy. Yeah, you know, they're they're not going to bother you because it appears that you're doing something. So appear available, make eye contact, and um, yeah, if you can stand,
1: if you can stand the whole time, if you're able to. uh, and I'm just hi, how you doing? Mm-hmm. Good morning, beautiful day, something nice like that. Nice costume. Nice yeah. costume. Definitely, like double check yourself to make sure that you're able to compliment every single type of costume respectfully. Yeah. Uh like. Cool. Awesome. Those are great. Maybe uh, not not pretty or beautiful because mm. some people don't don't need compliments or like that or, or you yeah. can catch them at the wrong time. But, uh, yeah, yeah be, be respectful. But just, yeah, engage people. And literally, it's it. And to be honest, I'm glad that you asked me about the negative. Uh, experience, because I feel like that one day that I just had an awful Friday leading into a full weekend con, and I was just dreading going back. I think that might have been the day that I was like, you know what, I'm just going to say hi to every single human being. And, And now that I did that, I mean, I think it's really turned the whole thing in a fantastic direction for me. And it really is what I ascribe to now. I mean, I say hi to absolutely every single person.
0: I think that's amazing. And yeah, until you have that experience or hear someone else having that experience, you don't think about it. Right. I mean, I've never had that experience. So, and and to not feel embarrassed because, you know, that you're not doing necessarily anything wrong. It's just, you know, you're there to make connections. So do what you can to, to make those connections, just have a good time. So I always try to, to ask advice because we all, you, you have more experience than I do clearly in this area. So any, (laughs) any information you can glean is helpful, not only to me, but to people that are listening. So, uh, but we are, we're nearly out of time. So before we, we wrap up, I always love to ask, where can people find more information about you, about your books? If they want to take a look at them for themselves or their kids.
1: Yeah. I'm at Z If you go there, uh, you can get, you can actually get one of my books, uh, on ebook just for free You can get some preview chapters of my upcoming angel of fate coming out, uh, on Valentine's day. And I just want to say to everyone listening, Uh, I really like this podcast. I actually listen to this podcast uh, when I don't have a book to market. Uh, And I think if you can take the time after this to subscribe, give them five stars. This is the only podcast that I know of that you can get like advice on authorial voice and marketing, but also learn about like goats in heat or the life cycle <laughs> of Cornish game hens and things like oh, that. Yes. And, and, but I really, I really enjoy it. You're the only one that's, you're the only game in town that's doing something like this. Uh, the farm setting lifestyle is super interesting and kind of romantic. And I really enjoy hearing about it. And I also, you know, for, for work purposes uh, get a lot out of it as well. And so I just encourage everyone uh, who's listening uh to give some love, some reviews, maybe a little word of mouth, tell your fellow authors about it, uh, about what's happening here and what, uh, what what Dan's doing for us out here.
0: Well, I appreciate that. I, I There's so many people that I'd, I'd love to meet. I have a, a huge list of people that I want to chat with on this mm-hmm. podcast. There's so much we can learn from each other. So, I, yeah, I, I appreciate that. I'm glad to hear that you like it, that my voice doesn't irritate you to a point that you want to throw your phone across the wall. That's, that's always sound. good to hear.
1: It does not. I want to hear more about how many how many eggs per week. That's what I'm interested in. And oh, also, and... Maz on the little one. Uh, yes, thank two, you. Two little over two weeks old now, so congratulations.
0: Oh yeah, she's she's freaking adorable. We were having a blast. The little girls dote over her, and the three boys are like, yeah. She's cute. <laughs> they're 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 busy. The three of them playing together. So it's just kind of funny to see that dynamic. But we're in an even split now. We've got three and three. So oh,
1: nice. they Hopefully
0: they play nicely with each other. They'll kind of be posse's. I'm sure they'll connive. Who knows when they get older?
1: You get but, some board games in the future. Nice. Oh,
0: we have board games now, and I can tell you varying levels of success. <laughs> but we will we'll we'll be more successful. I was a board game kid growing up, so will ensure that they are as they grow up nice but yeah thanks so much for your time and hopefully we can do this again sometime
1: absolutely thanks for having me
0: i hope you thought that was interesting and helpful i i know that selling it in person events is one of those things that it feels daunting but once you get into the flow of it it uh, based on what Zachary said as well, you kind of understand how to make things more efficient and get better at it and talk to people. Finding your reader base is, you know, it really is building a community and sometimes it's challenging to do that digitally. Is it possible? Absolutely. But I I think there's something to be said about being in front of people. They can understand you learn about you. You can learn about them and just connect in that way face to face. So if you haven't tried in-person events, give it a try. Trying to learn about your readers, get to know them, and I think you may find more fulfillment in your authoring. So thanks again for listening this week. If you have any questions for me, feel free to email me at authordkenner at gmail.com. Or of course, you can message me on pretty much any social media application. I am semi-present on all of them. And of course, if you'd like to join me on my podcast, head over to dankenner.com slash podcast. And there is a a form there that you can fill out expressing your interest. Uh, Of course, let your friends know as well if they're interested. Thanks again and have a great week. See you next time.